Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kojo Owusu-Kusi, a.k.a. Citizens, the illustrator, painter, and graphic designer you may have stumbled upon on Instagram. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. How you doing? Good, good. Thank you for taking the time out to talk. I'm excited to learn about your artistic journey and how you became the creative that you are today. So (laughs) where did the name Citizens come from? Um, it came from a friend. Um, one of my close friends, he, he basically gave me the name. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally for like a for a brand. It was just really for a clothing line, and then just people just kept just calling me that. Okay. So, yeah. where are you from? I grew up in Ghana. I left Ghana when I was like three, um, and moved to uh, South South London. Mm-hmm. So I grew up mostly in South London. Uh, really, at that time, there wasn't really a lot of Ghanaian, like really a lot of African people there. It was mostly younger, young, I mean, older, older white, white English, British people and um, more of like a Caribbean. A lot of Caribbean people have moved to like Brixton, Clapham, okay. those like South, South Thornheath, um, those areas. So, um, yeah, I grew up in Thornheath. Um, so I grew up with like a lot of Jamaicans, like my nanny was Jamaican. Everybody really, a lot of my friends were Jamaican. So, or any different Trinidad or, or whatever. So um, I grew up in England, left England when I was um, maybe like 12, mm-hmm. 12, 13, and came to America. And in America, I've lived like you know, a bunch of different places. Okay. Virginia, Maryland, Texas, Kansas. Um, just a, a bunch of different places, and and yeah, that's really has been my journey to where I am now. So, how did you have an interest in the arts? When did you start creating, or when did you realize that you were an artist? Uh, I, I have no idea. That I can't really tell you. I just remember being really only first, um, really the only first like memories of being like an artist or painting or having some interest in artists um like my 10th birthday my my, one of my uncles bought me like a paint set Mm -hmm. Um, I guess price or something or whatever so I mean from there just been painting um like I said growing up in England the school system was very kind of it was very different it's very they're very I don't know how it is nowadays but and then especially where I was living they're very much on culture and they're very much about arts. And so, so I had a lot of chances to like really do a lot in school, in okay. elementary, primary school. I had like a lot, like a really a lot. When I think about like the things that I was able to do or learn or just, just get to experience in primary school in England, it was a lot. It was, it was especially when it comes to art. A lot of my I had a lot of friends who did painted and drew too. So it was just one of those things that in school it was like it was very much like given. So yeah, from there, um, I just just really would just draw myself. Like a lot of my my parents wouldn't really. I mean, they would like say, "Oh yeah, you're good at drawing and stuff," but it wasn't mm-hmm. anything where like investing like supplies and whatnot so I, I really learned just from the ground up like okay. by myself really so anything from pencils to pen like a regular pen online paper like whatever it was I just draw I'm just drawing it and, and so I, a lot of every mostly everything I've learned is like self-taught and just from curiosity wow so what art do you most identify with Oh man, I don't even know. I can't. <laughs> I, I there isn't really. I can't. I can't really say. Um, I identify with a certain because I, I just see art and different forms of art are just ways of 
expressing yourself and right and, um i do see like with a lot of other artists they they may have like one style or they just have an interest in like one field of like style or study they just find their style and they stick with it but um like i said i don't know what it is but just growing up i just I learned a lot of different styles. Like I was very much, I mean, really, if I was going to say one thing that really I, I like the most is fantasy art. Like, mm. I like fantasy shit, like, like fantasy novels. We've just like, yeah, I'm very much. Surrealist into type of art. Yeah. I'm very much into that. Like the whole, like, um, I don't know if you remember like those old Conan, the barbarian um, novels. <laughs> and stuff like yeah, that yeah dice the ones you like play you have to it comes with like a dice and you roll the dice and it tells you where to go to like i'm, I'm a nerd as dude like that's awesome I mean, yeah growing up in england i guess like i would say that like fantasy art mostly is like what i like the most oh great um so how would you describe your own work for someone that doesn't really know what you do and um what is your work about? Uh, my work is about just um, my, basically I try to um, uh, show the, the connections between like this worldwide African culture. So mm-hmm. that's not called African culture that's within America. I mean, within Africa, but more of African culture and how it's expressed in other in in other places other than in Africa. So, I mean, it took a while to get to that point, but yeah, at this point, basically, that's my whole that's my whole thing is to be able to display and show our similarities within within art. Um, and so uh, do you stick with one medium or do you kind of um, do pretty much everything and play with different types of mediums and materials? I just never had the interest of having like one medium or one style um, throughout school, art school, and just just do everything. I've just been able to try out everything. So, And the, my favorite artists are always the artists that are you know they can jump from doing like sculpture to mm-hmm. like yeah just any type of medium i just feel like as an artist you can do a lot it's just yeah i don't really have one style like, i don't really believe in that do you feel like you're creatively fulfilled are you creatively satisfied i would say that i'm creatively content at this mm-hmm. moment like uh, i'm i'm at a point i feel like where i know exactly what i'm like what I want to do and how I want to do it. And a lot of the things that I've worked towards when it comes to art, um, I'm finally getting the, the, the option and the, the, the leeway to get to do those things. Okay. So. Um, so how important do you think social media is uh, for people to learn about who you are or, how do you see yourself as an artist using those tools to, I guess, gain more popularity? Do you feel like social media is important? Um, is it, you know, something that all art- artists should do to reach people or to have um, ways to get, you know, another source of income? So this would be a more so a question for someone who is either a self-taught artist or a student that's looking to, have art as a full-time position um so just is that a resource that's important to have um yeah i mean at this moment in time and especially these days especially what's been going on um with the inability for people to gather and whatnot um Mm -hmm. i would say yeah um social media i don't want to say yeah like as a blanket answer because you know uh, some artists they're able to make a living or whatnot in a different way right you know i have friends who shit it don't really matter about social media for them but they have their ways they have their clients you know i think it's really about um 
what you wanted, what you're trying to get out of everything. So, and for me, um, with the type of brands, the branding, the type of uh, lifestyle and just the type of um, things that I want to be able to um, achieve. Yes, 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 yes. Social media is very important when it comes to expanding and you that see you in a, um, in a regular basis, in a physical basis. So, um, yeah, um, it's very important. I think, for me, I think it's super important like, mm-hmm. to, be, to be up in time with, with social media, technology, those things like the way life is going, the way society is going, you have to keep up. You have to be able to do that to like get online but but like i said not it's not for everybody Mm -hmm. what is the best advice that you've ever been given man get some land get some land and and leave this country man (laughs) (laughs) no uh that's pretty much man like just just preparing yourself for like older age Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because of the age I'm at. That that's basically a lot of what's what's um, been been on my mind is how will I be able to um, when I'm no longer hip and no longer younger and young or know what's 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 popping is how will I be able to how would I be able to live when I'm older? Okay. <laughs> yes. So. Um... What work do you enjoy doing the most in terms of your artwork? Um, like, what projects or what things do you enjoy doing the most? My own shit. Your own shit. <laughs> that's it. Really, that's really it. Everything else is, you know, you have to, it's, it's a process. I mean, everything else is really much a process of um, from research to even just finding the energy and just, yeah, it's a lot of research, a lot of like waiting on the, I don't know what it is called, but I just call it like God just talks to me and just tells me. But when it comes to my own shit, it's really pretty much like it just comes. It's, yeah. it's so, and a lot of times it comes and I'm, and it's just, I hold on to it. And it just keeps like, hey, hey, do this, do this. And, and then I just do it. So mm. those are really the easiest ones where it's just, it flows out where I don't, it doesn't really require research and, and mood boards and all these things. Like, I, I like how the answers just come in the ether. And do you share that personal work or is that something that you keep sacred to yourself? Is that also some things that you share <laughs> in social media or... <laughs> I don't do all that. Oh, this is sacred to me. Like, I don't yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, it's not stupid. I understand some people have, you know, it's a level of therapy and things like that for them. But yeah, I've never really been that type. I've, I've always grown up with the with like people around me, peers or whatnot, critiquing me. So it's not really anything. I'm I'm very much used to like, I, like for me, I'm doing it for the for others like yeah so um has your family um been supportive of your choice to be an artist um yes and no Mm -hmm. um no yes because um i mean they kicked me out their house or nothing like that um but my parents are african they're first generation to come to america to like leave Africa. Um, it, it took a while for me to understand it or just to understand their mind state. Um, but they, they, they're supportive as as much as like, uh, what would be a word for it? Um, you know, at a, at a ground level, it's not, you know, they're supportive. The surface, yeah. Yeah, but when, when, when you're saying like, like my son is an artist, so my son he's thirteen. He paints. Uh-huh. I mean, he draws everything. Mm-hmm. So when when I think of support, I would see support as providing material, providing mm-hmm. options and and whatnot. Um, that wasn't really something I had. My parents never really bought me supplies before. They, none of that. But uh, but again, that's Africa. 
well, let me not say African, but Ghanaian culture, Akan culture is very much about like your outside, like your uncles and pretty much your uncles and your aunties are the ones that really like keep those, keep an eye on, on those type of things and provide mm. you. Okay. Um, yeah, our, like Ashanti people are weird. Like we very much like, your parents don't really do too much for you. They do stuff for like their nieces and stuff. And then your uncle does <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. That's actually, it's not weird for me. That's funny because it's the same in Zimbabwean culture where it's like your, your aunts and your uncles are actually your little moms and your big moms. And they're the ones that take on the responsibility to basically raise you (laughs) and your parents are just there. (laughs) I think from like maternal, it's from a maternal, um, because we're all very much coming from a matriarchal, like uh, Mm. um, family structure. So a lot of the times it, it, it falls on like the other f- side of the family to um, provide you stuff. Cause I, I right. know like in Nigerian movies and stuff, it's always like the uncles and mm-hmm. stuff like, I guess it's very much Af- a lot of African people are like that, but um, yeah, no. And then no, just because of the fact that, um, you know, the game, they, they had their, they would stop me for doing this. They didn't really see or try to see or understand where it could take me or you know when it came to like people stepping in they they didn't really like but but it's all because they it's just not their reality they don't right. come from seeing people doing art and, and you know they're, they're coming from africa they're, they're all they know is that you gotta be a doctor you know they're very much about work you know work okay. nine to five yeah so then what was your motivation like what like encourage you to move forward <laughs> knowing that you know that wasn't really something that um was looked upon as something that could have been your journey but how did you stay forth and just continue with pursuing um, that it's just i was good I, mean, <laughs> I was just really i was good like i ain't gonna lie <laughs> i ain't gonna lie like school like you know when we ever did projects mm-hmm. it was me do posters and i would win art projects and and just teachers would tell me like you know, mm-hmm. you know so it wasn't really anything where I needed like my reassurance parents. or anything like that I got my first job doing art and when I was in when I was in middle school so I like I never really you know as long as I could get over myself there wasn't really anything else that would tell me like you know for me to be like, oh, on the, you know, so that's great. Yeah, I just like doing art. Like, it's just I didn't need motivation because I felt I just feel like it's part of me. And then seeing like graffiti and like I like I had a cousin with the same my same name. He's a little bit older than me. He used to like do like little stuff, and uh-huh. I used to. So it was just like seeing, oh, that's cool. And then he'll take me here and see this, and so very much like. Who you are. <laughs> so how do you cultivate a collector base? A collector base. Okay. That's a good question. My way was very different. The way I've got people who still like, who I still work with from like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Like. Wow. Like, art when I started like, like actually getting paid. Like on a nine, on a like a whatever you say, like part time or full time basis for art when I was in like uh, eighth, ninth grade. So, so from there, I understood how to like attract people and get customers and, mm-hmm. and work with people on certain things and, and just build that rapport mm-hmm. where, yeah. So, my thing was very grassroots, like, so. I, I don't even know how to answer that on like a strategic like base. My my thing is just working with people that I know, working with mostly like black people. Like, yeah. My, my goal, yeah, my goal is just to like, I know black people need shit and they don't really want to go to somebody else outside of the culture or somebody that doesn't understand where they're from. So being that I was very much well-rounded, like I grew up in D, I grew up in, DMV, so I mm. go. So I was doing a lot of work, Google like T-shirts and working with like um, DC brands like We Are One, Rugged Wear. Rugged Wear gave me my first job as a kid. Wow! So it was, 
Yeah, just meeting you. So from there, working at a shop in 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 like Springfield or in, in like Woodbridge, like these were all pivotal times in like DMV area, like where you would meet certain people that later on in life, like they're gonna help you out, like they're gonna need shit. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, I don't know, man. This is my my steps have been ordered, like very much. Yeah. Well, I would say that I am grateful for social media because that's when I found out about your work. And um, I don't know if you remember, but I purchased a mermaid piece that you did. Um, it's just like a female who's a mermaid. And then there was sail ships in the back. Um, but yeah, I was just like, wow, because at that time, not too many people were doing, you know, very black art, you know, like with a, a, a black people that are centered that's in the center and that's, you know, a part of, <laughs> a part of life and just showing a different perspective of, you know, all the different types of black people that you could possibly have, um, which is why I digged your work. Cause it was, yeah, it was una- unapologetically black and unapologetically African. <laughs> so it was dope. What kind of research do you do um, for the pieces that aren't your personal works? Uh, all the time. So I do research every day. Yeah. Like- think like like I, I tried to go myself and um, uh, just I watch a lot I read a lot um, I just I listen to a lot of stuff like I spend days where I'm just like okay I'm just gonna watch documentaries about mm-hmm. like Stokely Carmichael or like I'm just gonna find like I just I like to engulf myself in like a lot because I understand that like being an artist like you're only as good as what you what you know or like what you've experienced like yeah. from what I've what I've experienced I can definitely see that like the more like the more you're able to like just cover a lot of subjects the more you're able to like just get work and just it's just because it's like you're trying to like decode people's feelings and emotions and their history mm-hmm. connect visually so they so they can like have some type of feeling so yeah um, yeah I'm just very much about but but when it comes to doing other people's work um I'm pretty much um yeah it just depends on what it is if I'm not knowledgeable in it I'm definitely taking some time and like like I said I watch watch a documentary read some articles mm-hmm. just engulf myself as much as I, I can because that's a treat for me you know what I'm saying for me to expand myself and those, get, some, get to know something new how important is it for artists to reflect the times um it's I think it's very important um I don't I don't understand why it wouldn't I mean I can I can understand why not but <laughs> a little bit but I don't really yeah, I think it's very important. I mean, how, why can you, how can you not? Like, I think it's very important just because where, where the, um, like, where the scribes, where, like, the, where, where, where the artisans, like, thousands of years from now, like, people are going to read or look at our shit and just to get a glimpse of, like, what was going on. What was people right. wearing? Mm-hmm. What was people's mind state then? You know what I'm saying? So, um yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm always feeling like, yeah, you, you got to. That's. I mean, that's the only best way to impact. You know what I mean? But it's always good to mix it up. Definitely. Know? How is it? Uh, is it important to you to teach others art? Mm-hmm. Like teach other people art, like as in, like the technique of drawing. Um, some artists do paint and sips. Some artists mm-hmm. in, do like instructions for people that have no training in art whatsoever. Um, do you feel that it's important to help people unleash their inner artist? Um, yeah, I mean, if you say it that way, definitely. Just for the fact that I think like art, um, art can help you push, like push and push boundaries for yourself, and it helps with like esteem and like. I, I feel like um, it, it does help you like engage or reach back into that younger self and that part of your brain that, you know, society doesn't really allow us to use too much. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's very important. I think it's it's very important. I don't think you gotta teach people how to actually draw, but give allow letting them know that you don't need to have the skill of um, Michelangelo to draw. Like that's just him. Like right. you have your t- interpretation. You have your style. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your way of seeing things, and and th- that's the thing I like. Just allowing people to know that it's not a it's not a competition it's not some type of thing where you're going to get a grade that's going to be like it's not going to be in your credit score it's just definitely <laughs> there's no mistakes it is mistakes like definitely there's no mistakes at all so if you were to describe your artistic style in five words what would it be it's not even five four so it's a concept called maya I don't want to butcher the guy. I don't want to forget the guy's name who came up with this. But okay. it's it's most advanced yet acceptable. Most so, advanced yet acceptable. Yes. So basically what, what it's saying is being able to give somebody something that they're able to like, that they feel comfortable with, something that they know, something that they've seen before, but then still at the same time it's tweaked or is pushed out of its normal boundary, but mm-hmm. in a way that is tasteful still to them, but all within an African viewpoint. Nice, nice. Worldwide African viewpoint, which is not just in Africa. So how can we learn more about your future projects and how can we purchase your work? Where do we go? Um, well, future projects and, and purchasing, Mostly the best place is like Instagram. That's mm-hmm. mostly, I have, I have everything collectively on and where I'm mostly on myself. Everything else is really just extra stuff. But um, yeah, Instagram, citizens, C-I-T-I-Z-I-N-S. If you don't mind sharing, what materials do you use for someone that wants to start out and do something or is already familiar with the art practice, but just wants to get an idea of, you know, new materials to use. What would you recommend? Uh, uh, I mean, basically just anything like acrylic, basic acrylic. It don't got to be fancy. I use like dollar acrylics. It don't matter. Like I can use crayon, like whatever. So I'll definitely say um, acrylic, um, pastels, dry pastels always good um, mm-hmm. before you um, I use a lot I, I I don't have like some material that I don't use like I use mm-hmm. fabric to using um, like watercolor like I like I said I, I I either tried it out or I trained myself on on really everything from oil painting to yeah, everything. All right. Oh, we're getting ready to wrap up, but name something you love and why. It could be anything, art, non-art related. One thing that I love. Um, I love that I, I, I can, one thing that I've recently been um, just really amazed by is just the fact that, like, I can have a son that draws, like, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it's it's very funny. It makes me want to like go back and like look into like my family to see um, who else. Even just looking at my other nephews and like my nieces and trying to find out what what type of um what type of family are we? You know, what I'm saying what mm-hmm. kind of look have because um, my brother sings. He, he's a, like a multiple instrument instrument artist. He's actually a really He's actually a very popular gospel singer in Ghana. Wow, okay. <laughs> like a very popular Ghanaian gospel singer, but yeah, just things like that. And then finding out that like my myself, I'm named after one of my, my uncles who was mm-hmm. he, he was a graphic art artist. He worked at like a newspaper, he did like graphics for newspapers. And so just stuff like that, I'm just very much like intrigued at these days. Just trying to find out like family lineage and like you know all yeah. understand yeah I really want to go deep into that like that's my one of the next things I want to do like just stay here in America for a while 
get some money and then like take some time to go to back to Ghana and like really get deep into like into like family tradition and understanding like what what we were before everything. Yeah. That's so I can I want to learn like lang- language and like because I really suck at my own like my own like language. So I oh, want to really? re yeah I want to relearn that learn like the writing system and symbolisms and mm. just feel like African like the more I've been reading the more I've been like experiencing like a lot of things like just like our symbols and how our symbols were like um what's the shit called the RUF what's the shit where you put your you can scan your um your phone uh, yeah I know what you're talking is it PQR code or something like that I don't know uh, something yeah but <laughs> Like basically, our like systems were like that. Because wow. basically, code is just it's a symbol that you put to find out more information. So, like an adinkra symbol is basically you look at that adinkra symbol and it can tell you like the meaning. Mm-hmm. And there's there's an actual whole thing like a whole, a whole story of something behind it. Wow! Just um, looking at that symbol. Yeah. So these are certain things and just going back and tracing like how even Yoruba and Akan people are connected. Mm. Like how, just going, taking that and back to how we all derive from like our main place of like being in Kemet and Sudan. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. folks do it all the time. They always going back to Greece and Latin and all these shit. Yeah. And Egypt is our Greek, Greece and our, our land and our, our, so we can actually trace back and find out where we get our symbols from just by going back there. That's amazing. But even this whole point that you're saying um, and just how you want to research your family and where the artistic, you know, how gifted yeah. everybody is and why. I feel like naturally as, you know, African people, we are naturally creative. I think yeah. it's in the way that we, you know, do funeral processions or in the way that we get married and the way that we dress and the way that we speak and the languages. You even mentioned the drink symbols. Like it's not just a picture, you know, there's a meaning behind everything that we do. And I think it's really special that, you know, instinctively we have that gift, but it's just um, maybe applying and understanding where it's stemming from so that we can even, you know, take it up a notch even higher. <laughs> Really, I was listening to this interview with Dapper Dan, mm. and I had no idea, but I remember I was watching, I was reading, a, uh, I was listening to Mike Tyson's podcast, and he was saying that he went to Dapper Dan's place, and he asked the Africans, where was Dapper Dan? And and I was like, what? And he's like, he was talking about how like Dapper Dan's whole shit was run by Senegalese people. Are you serious? Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they're the ones doing he had he had gone to Africa with like some like um, some grassroots movement in DC. I mean in New York, and that's where he got the idea for everything. He said that's where he went wow. and got the Ghostface said he went to Africa and he got the idea for Supreme Clientele and changed his whole rhyming scheme and everything. How he like rhymes since then. Like there's a like I don't know what it is, but there's something like. There's, There's like something, something there about us that we don't really, we don't have time because of capitalism and things. I don't know what. But. No, I understand. But I feel like it's also not just Africans. I notice it in African Americans. I notice it in Afro Brazilians. Like there's something that is just. Africans, in, it, well, Af- we're all Africans. We're all Africans. <laughs> when I say I'm talking about everybody. everybody. Okay. I didn't know if we were on the same page. <laughs> That doesn't like to me. It doesn't make sense for us to say like because even when you look at everywhere we've gone, we make changes in in things. And in, we, yeah, and we like Moors went into Europe, changed everything. Mm-hmm. Black people living in America changed, changed everything. Everybody, Jamaicans being in like the Caribbean, changed. Changed everything for everybody. When I say I feel, I don't say we stop. Like black culture don't. Me like African culture and black culture is the same thing. Like, thank when you. you say, I don't think like just because you, you like you create culture in Africa and and those same African people leave and create culture somewhere else 
that it's not African. It's the same shit. We're just doing it. We're just doing our culture, but we're doing it in the way that we can do it in the environment that we're in. That's yeah. why we can never be part of capitalism. This is true. This is very true. They clear themselves out. They stop being Italian. They stop being this to be white. We can't stop being African to be white. So we'll never be part of capitalism. That's why they always use us as the fucking scapegoat. Just like me, like I want to, I want to travel Africa, like Africa. I want to travel like all of like everywhere, aspirants, and just ex- experience. Because I, I was like three years ago, I had a chance to go to like parts of East Africa. Mm. First, I was just like, I didn't know what I was gonna expect, but even though it's very much like different because of the governments and stuff that's set up in East Africa is a little bit less free mm-hmm. than Africa. But like places like Uganda, Uganda is just like Ghana. Like it's the, you know, they might drink a lot, a little bit more, but it's the same, same. Side of shit. Like, yeah. Like every, even people when I was in South Africa, people were around Zulu. Like people just kept saying, I was Zulu, Zulu. I was like, no, I'm not Zulu, bro. Like Uganda people thought I was, um, I was from, uh, I spoke like Kirian Bogo or something. I don't know. Like that. But it's, yeah, it's just like, we need it. We need to like be really like, be like, I have this strong urge for us uh, to like to be one and then let people feel that. Cause I feel like we, we just be lonely. We, mm-hmm. just be, we have our individual cultures and then from there we're just lonely. White men yeah. will tell you, hey, that British. People came from the language came from Greece and then from Latin to mm-hmm. German. <laughs> Tell you that shit all day, but we don't like. We think, oh, I'm I'm Ghanaian. It's just Ghanaian. We just came up with our language out of nowhere. No, like there's words in like there's words in Senegalese, words in, in Akan that mean the same thing. And it's absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like so many, and we don't. And it's crazy. A lot of the shit that I've learned about Africa is from African-Americans. A lot of the things I've learned about Africa is from people outside of the continent. I feel like we need to really, like... Learn from each other. (laughs) Yes, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All these wars about each other's culture is the same shit. We're just Mm -hmm. doing it. A Caribbean person can't do African culture the same way an American person is going to do African culture. It's the same African culture, but we're doing it the best way we can in the environments that we're given. So that's it. I'm very much passionate. Like, I wish I could just, like, have a lot of money and just, like, take mad ghetto kids to, like, Africa for life. Man, could you imagine, like, that's something so powerful. Like, if we can just do exchanges that way, have some kids from a continent come over here and then vice versa. It will happen, though. I mm-hmm. think it, it's happened in small, in small numbers, like in a lot of different places. Like I really didn't, I don't know what it is, but it's just, man, we, it's just vibrations and like connections and like how you just connected to different people. Like I've been blessed to like, has speaking with like, especially like really my thing is like, I feel like black America is what will save Africa. Like, Black America can really save Africa and in vice versa. And Africa can save Black America. Can you and elaborate then, a little bit? I mean, if you have time, I'd love to just understand where you're getting at with this. Because we're not like, the main point is like, we live, right, so right now we all live in a capitalism. Capitalism automatically is not made for Black people. It's not mm-hmm. made for people of it's not really even made for anybody other than rich white men that own land. That's right. it. Always what it's been. And slowly throughout, like, I feel like slowly through the history of capitalism from the beginning, from, from us being the actual fuel of capitalism body-wise mm-hmm. and physically, like-wise, to us being workers, like, from us being shipped to different parts of, like, places to work even after like um, World War II. Like when you look at all these major things that's happened, they've always used us in a way, but not in a way where we're part of it. Like mm-hmm. for instance, you look at the Irish. Irish came, Irish came out of, Irish went, when I was living in England, 
in the early in the late 80s, there used to be signs, no blacks, no Irish, no dogs. Like Irish people in England aren't considered white. Mm-hmm. Nobody is considered white unless you're German, French, or um, British. That's it. Those are only three that were considered white. Scottish people aren't considered white. And when they came to America, which became like the main vibration and center of cult, of capitalist culture in the world, they were able to switch out of that, out of what they were told they were and become part of the capitalist system. So you can see Irish people came, did law enforcement. Mm. Irish Italian people came, also did law enforcement. And because of their um, illegal trade, just like everybody else had, they were able to go into law enforcement. They're able to go into, um, into a lot of business and a lot of politics. All these people have done it. Asian people have done the same shit. They're just very much not into politics. They don't mm. really, they don't vote like that. Asian mm. people don't really vote. So, but other than that, when it comes to property, when it comes to business, they found their way into capitalism and found their respective view. Only folks that's not been able to do it and can't is black. And even if you look in American history, it came to a point where it was either the white people that really, the real white people, the real elite white people said, either we're going to make these other white people white, I mean, other Europeans white, or we're going to keep them like with the blacks. And they saw that that caused a workers type of um, buildup where people, mm-hmm. workers got together and they started fighting against the elite. So right. then they really like, yo, nah, you can't do that. We need black people always, no matter what, to be the slaves. You can't be, capitalism requires a slave class. Mm. We are like, black people have not realized that because nobody's taught, because a lot of black people don't know because we're not taught really what capitalism is. Like people think capitalism was there in Moses' time, in everybody's time. Like capitalism's new, it's the most newest shit ever. Like if we really had capitalism like in Roman times and shit, the whole world would be fucked. Yeah, completely different. Yeah. So like, capitalism is just a brand new thing. It's a brand new, and it's a foolish, young, young-minded concept mm. from like foolish young people, white people that Europeans just started getting into the world stage when you look at civilization. So when you look at everything, it's just not, not part of it. We're not, Black people are not part of, they never were. There's no place for them other than to be either in jail, working, or slave. That's it. But the good thing about them being here and seeing everything, they know the game. They understand that at the, like, until you come to America, you, like, you don't understand, like, how it is to live as a Black person. Yeah. Like, when I came to America from England, I didn't know shit about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and all these people. But today I feel like I was there. Like, I feel like because of the experiences I've, I've experienced from racism in America, just even just understanding the pain, like understanding that, okay, I'm going to live here. I'm going to have children that are going to be here. They're going to be classified as these people. Yeah, I'm being as these as this it don't matter what it doesn't matter if i'm a christian it don't matter if i'm what what, what my name is where i'm from Nothing. if you're black you black <laughs> and then so knowing that we can save a lot of other africans and other people black people in the diaspora a lot of fucking time mm. we can let them know this shit is not what they say it is it's like everybody else outside of america or outside of like Western world looks at America or the West as the meal ticket. Yeah. Brain, like how, how much brain drain have we been doing in Africa since our uncles and our uncles left Africa, the smartest of them all left to come to America. Imagine if we went back and just invested in Africa, all of us that are here right now. Yeah, <laughs> and so African-Americans and all Africans everywhere. If we go back and just invest in Africa. Yo, the, I, like I told you, the person that gave me the name Citizens mm. is, is one of my closest friends. He he grew up in Ghana. He's like, very, his he, and he comes from like a very high 
like very rich family. Like mm. they're half like you know they're Lebanese, so they own industries. Mm. And I grew up went to like schools with like all the presidents' kids and all mm. of that. And when I met him, like I said, I, I when I left Ghana when I was three, I had never gone back till mm. I was five. Is when I went back to Ghana. And before that, he was telling me, like, bro, come to Ghana. come Because I never knew there was Africans in Africa that knew the whole Jay-Z Blueprint album. Like, can rap, knows about Mob Deep, and, like, wow. knows... I know these things. Like, I didn't really chill with a lot of Ghanaian people like that, unless okay. you were my cousins, mm. unless you were, like, you know, cool, like, you grew up the same way I grew up, ENV, like, right. you know what I mean? And then he opened me up to like the music, like hip life. And, and he would tell me like, yo, there's going to be a time. Like he told me like all this shit, like about like Afro beats and how wow. he's like, yo, the next change, change the game. Change like all these guys. Like, cause he went to school with like, with like soccer and all these guys. Mm-hmm. So he saw these guys rapping and he saw, and he knew like, yo, and he saw like Jay, all these different people, small by small coming to Africa and taking sounds and, and stuff like that and so when i went to ghana for the first time really like i i understood it because everywhere i went and I, everywhere i went i was like dang that's that's they're doing it wrong like i was just like that's hot but they're doing it wrong yeah they're not doing it the right way and and the thing is like like in africa they don't have the same type of capitalism we have. Mm. Like, our culture is built really in a... Um, like, you watch Mad Men? No, I have not watched Mad Men. It's, our culture is really built... If you watch that show, mm-hmm. it will show you, like, really everything we know as being American was created in the ad agency. Wow. Like, even from rings, buying a ring, like, the whole concept of, like, using, what, three months of your salary? Salary. That's an ad- Wow. Or like everything was in American culture was an ad agency. They came up with it. And we didn't, and Africans don't have that. So you can go to Africa, somebody wants to sell bread. Four or five people are going to sell the same bread, same type of bread, brand is the same, all lined up. And they're all going to ask for you to buy it. Mm-hmm. Even if you buy one from somebody else, they're going to say, buy the same bread from me. Yeah. Like culture of capitalism is different there. So they don't have a competitive mind state of like, oh, this person is buying, selling their bread, but the way they're selling it, let me change my um my my the rapid. Let me change the, the how it's done. Let me do something. Let me move over here. They don't think like that. Mm-hmm. They think of, yo, I'm selling. You buy. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like African-Americans can bring a whole nother culture mm-hmm. of of capitalism because if we're going to be working in this shit, we need to really know this shit. Not like are these rich Africans leaders. They don't know shit. They're just puppets. They go to school back and they just, they just fuck around. Like more, more African-Americans that move to Ghana within 10 years, they're going to build a new like party, political party, because they're not Mm going to stay and live in Ghana and then listen to these fools. They're not. They're going to be like, no, we can create our own political party and, and get this shit popping. And it will happen. And then even right now, they're allowing diasporans to vote in Ghana. So the soon as that happens, things are going to change. And I feel like we need that change to be able to be competitive. Because once you have that, people can start building schools. What if Kanye West came and built... I mean, shit, Kanye's a wild dude, but what if he came and he built like a whole ad agency in Ghana or in, in somewhere in Congo? And yeah. it's cool where kids learn how to even know about sneaker culture, know about all these things because soon China's coming. They're going to bring all their factories there because China, their middle class is getting high. Their, yeah. their living is getting high. They're not going to work in factories anymore. They're, They're already there, but, you know, we need to hurry up before they take all of Africa from us. <laughs> They're going to come here and start building factories and start putting kids to work. So mm. why don't we build the factories? Why yeah. don't we build a chocolate manufacturing company that Definitely. can take, take, the, take the raw material, instead of taking the raw material all the way to Switzerland and Germany, 
for them to make the chocolate and sell it back. Definitely. Why don't we? And then we can actually even know and 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 be able to have full, 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 full um, authority on the price of cocoa. Absolutely. Now, now how we make this shit? We don't like. There's so many contradictions that Africans are doing because they they don't know. They don't mm. know the game. They don't know the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And Black America, Black America, they want culture. They want to understand themselves. We are all lost. We all want to know. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we both can benefit ourselves, but I feel like definitely we, we're our own saviors and we don't know it. Absolutely. Like, we're busy getting pissed off at each other. <laughs> I know. Well, I want to thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's been wonderful and I wish we could talk longer. And I know Phil's going to be pissed because he had a lot of points and I'm sure would have wanted to have a more extensive conversation as to what you're talking about with, um, you know, us coming together as African people. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much. And I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Hopefully the borders open soon so we can go home and visit our family. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm like, luckily this year, one year that I was like, I'm going to settle. I'm going to yeah. sit. Yeah, but even right now, I'm still like, damn, I wouldn't mind like just taking Just my- dipping for a second. And it's like one of the times where I actually am financially fine with this oh. like random ass trip. Like, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah. Hey, All right. Thank you, you know. so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Peace and blessings, family. Thank you for tuning in into another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Here is your quote of the day. Arguably, no artist grows up. If he shares the perception of childhood, he ceases being an artist. Ned Rowan. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in into the next episode. Peace.